and welcome back to everyone's favorite podcast, Miss Congeniality. My name's Eli. Happy Friday. I actually don't know if it's everyone's favorite podcast. To be fair, I I don't think I do a good job. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts and I don't even listen to them like sometimes for the content. Sometimes it's just like for research purposes, like to see what other people in the space are doing. And then sometimes it's just like boredom or like ADHD, like walking outside, whatever. And I'm thinking about like how good other people are at, um, you know, talking about and marketing their podcasts and not that I'm bad at it. It's just that like I do this all by my fucking self. And I think about this all the time. Like I need help. I'm currently like realizing like after I saw my Spotify rap slash like just realized how many downloads this podcast gets a week that like it would be really good to like sign to a platform that does the marketing for you because currently like it's party of one. And party of one works great. Like I love doing things myself. I would just love to entrust someone else. We're currently working on graphics. We're working on a website. Like I am asking for help, but not as largely as I would like. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I would love to hire someone to do the marketing. I don't know. Maybe this is a call out. Like if you're a marketing girly and you have some big ideas, we can talk because I just think the reach of the podcast is way larger than I even think it is. It's like 20,000 downloads a week, which is like really cool. Also, like, hi, I'm, I'm so happy you're here. But I'm like, sometimes I get DMs like this is my favorite podcast. And I'm like, should I tell them to like share it out? Like tell a friend and put it on your story. And like maybe like, I don't know, like talk about the pod if you like it. If like that feels like something you want to do. I think it's because I feel like so fucking annoying asking people to like advertise for me. Like I'm so uncomfortable with it. But it's like if someone likes something, they should talk about it. So like. Maybe chat about it with your friends if you like my podcast and maybe if you're a marketing girly and you like want to slide in the DMs, like I wouldn't be opposed. Anyway, though, I'm so happy to be back with the solo episode for you guys. This week we're talking about medium term relationships slash serious relationships. I was going to call it long term relationships, but then I looked it up and like Google said like long term relationships, like a lot of the sources were like it's two years or more. And like I have just for the first time hit two years with someone um, like in a serious committed relationship so I was like ah, that doesn't feel like the right verbiage and then a lot of people were like it's 10 years or more and I'm like okay well I kind of took it to be like one year or more but maybe that's like short term and then midterm would be like everything else and then long term would be like serious serious like over six years I don't really know anyway though we're going to be talking about medium term slash serious relationships and I feel like even if you're not in a relationship right now and you're not looking for this advice it's good like precursor advice or like a conversation that we can start having about relationships that has nothing to do with like your relationship status so I did want to make that abundantly clear like I, I always try to choose episodes that I feel like are for a little bit for everyone like there's something for everyone and it isn't just like okay well this is for the relationship girlies and this is for the single girlies like I think we can all take something from every episode which I love so but before we get into all that I have lots to discuss I want to just give some like brief updates because I feel like we just like have been gone for each other for so long and it's been nuts well first of all YouTube is launched so all my episodes with guests will be on YouTube um and so this one won't be but like all the other ones will be a lot of people like to watch podcasts on YouTube and I wanted to give the people what they wanted so just so you guys know that'll be doing that and we'll be doing that um, I just got back from Vegas, not just a few days ago, uh, but it was my first time there. And listen, like Vegas, I don't I don't know what I was expecting. It definitely wasn't what I was expecting, but I also don't know what I was expecting, if that makes any sense. Basically, my boyfriend really likes Vegas. He really wanted to bring me there. I wanted to bring him for his birthday. It was super expensive. And then a hotel reached out about doing a brand partnership. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go to Vegas. Like, why not? let's do the Vegas thing and be big, bold, and beautiful. And we did it. And I think what I would recommend is if, like, you're not a party girl and you find yourself in Vegas like I did, I think there's plenty for you to do. Like, there was plenty to be done. I saw, like, a couple shows. The dinners were great. But I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm not a party girl and I'm looking to spend money on a weekend trip. Let's do Vegas. I feel like it. it's the epitome of party girl energy and – if you find yourself there and you're not a party girl, you're going to be fine. But I wouldn't like seek it out because I feel like there are better spaces for us non-party girls. Like maybe a cabin, like a cabin in the in the woods with the Poconos, like, you know, just like reading books, um, not to be like so grandma, huge Grammy energy. But it's interesting because my senior year of college, we were 
by we mean Allie. We were like sort of signed up for the Vegas trip. Oh fuck, my phone. Oh my god. I was trying to charge my phone and it's just sitting next to me uncharged. Hang on. OGs will remember I used to like order coffee on the pod all the time. Now I'm just plugging in my phone here. Um but yeah, so if you don't know about this, if you're not like American, you probably don't know about this, but um meaning like if you don't live in America, but um American universities, a lot of them a lot of the bigger ones for like senior year seniors will like go on a trip to vegas and this isn't like university sponsored it's just like a thing it's like a tradition like at michigan um sophomores go to mexico and seniors go to vegas for fall break and it is that's the thing i guess i don't really know so i didn't do the mexico thing my sophomore year because it was like a big greek life trip and i didn't have a lot of friends in greek life um and i was just like yeah listen like i don't really think that's for me so i didn't do that but then ali and i were like maybe we should go to the vegas trip like maybe there's something like legitimately wrong with us that we find that to be like the most nauseating and like suffocating and terrifying thing ever like a trip to vegas like with people from our grade maybe we should just like try it maybe we're being haters and so we signed up and then we backed out because we were like what the fuck are we doing and for a while, I wondered if I regretted it because I, like, I obviously saw content from Vegas, but like all the content was the antithesis of what I thought of as fun. And listen, again, I want to just say if you find that to be fun and like watching feral things like is like you're like, damn, I wish I was there. Like I'm all for that. And I like want you to do that. But for me, it's not fun. And I think even when I was watching that content back and getting FOMO, I was like trying to convince myself that I wished I was there. But then I like pulled back and was like, this is actually my worst nightmare. Like, I'm so glad I'm not there. But I had never like validated those regrets, those feelings because I had never been to Vegas. It was so fucking refreshing to have no regrets while I was there and be like, thank God I didn't come my senior year. I would have literally imploded. I would have needed to be like, and not to be dramatic, I would have left early. Like, and not to be like so annoying, but I would have. Like, it's just really like that level of partying and like thinking about my senior self there, really not my vibe. I actually ended up going on on vacation with my mom and Allie for um, fall break. And it was like so relaxing and just lovely. And listen, if you went to Vegas your senior year and that was the best time of your life, like I am so happy for you again. Like I want everyone to do exactly what makes them feel good. That would not have made me feel good. And it was refreshing to validate the feelings that I had always had about it, even though I don't really even think about it anymore. Just like that was like my one key into Vegas, like those thoughts. And so like it was kind of like refreshing. But ultimately, we had a really good time. And if you guys are going to be staying in Vegas in the future, I would recommend the Virgin Hotels. Like this is completely like obviously I just worked with them, but completely unbiased. Like I would not choose to in an unpaid way, give them space on this podcast to talk about it if I didn't think that it was like completely deserved. And if I wasn't 100 percent endorsing that hotel, like I would not stay anywhere else. It's a gorgeously clean hotel. It's not too crowded. It's super safe. The staff is wonderful and so nice. The restaurants inside are amazing. There's a Dunkin' Donuts in there. The gym is great. Like, 100% recommend staying there if you're ever in Vegas. Like, it's really fucking nice. And that's, like, my main wreck of the whole trip um, is, is that. So that was fun. I'm back now for a bit. And then the next trip I go on is Chicago. And then at the end of February, it's la seattle miami so i'm like fucking excited world traveler north american traveler american traveler i've actually never been to miami i've never been to seattle so like things are really looking up in terms of like me getting my my um national experience over here because i haven't been to a lot of places like that regular people had gone to like I think California is one that like I would always get everybody out of never have I ever up until last year I had never been to California now I've been to LA like so don't worry about it but I've never been to Miami never been to Seattle so I'm very excited looking forward um and I'm just trying to like ease into 2023 like I've been really trying like if you guys listened to my podcast with Jenna last week we were talking about focusing on the positive instead of the negative and it's like so true and so simple but like sometimes I'll get one hate comment and I'll think about it all day and let let it make me have a bad day but like why focus on that like just focus on all the good like the bad is such a small percentage in comparison to the good the haters are such a small uh, percentage in comparison to like the people who love um love the things that I'm creating and I'm just been trying to do that in general is focus on the positive and to go along with that I wanted to like mention I saw this video come up on my for you page and it was a girl and she was talking about an influencer like directly talking about her like had stitched a video and was like something that bothers me so much is when influencers get invited to fashion and beauty events and they just like their outfits are so ugly and like they don't look good and like they just don't know how to dress like none of that outfit matched and like I know if I was invited I would do such a better job and it was this video that was like 
it really made me deeply sad because I was like, okay, that's clearly born of insecurity and jealousy. But like, I've also seen a lot of discourse about how for female content creators, 95 plus percent of our hate comments, and I'm not saying constructive criticism, comments holding you accountable, hate comments, 95 plus percent of them come from other women. And it's so discouraging because like we actually cannot make any strides ahead as a collective, as women and femme presenting people and those who identify as women, unless we like band together and decide to support everybody um, and, and one another, especially when someone isn't doing anything wrong or anything harmful. And this discourse is like really, it's a pretty prominent discourse, I think, in terms of feminism in general. And I think a lot of the energy where it's like women you know hating on other women or pitting women against themselves etc I think a lot of it is rooted in like patriarchy and misogyny but I don't think that makes it okay like we don't we can't use that as an excuse we still need to like untangle ourselves from it and I think a lot of that work would start with untangling ourselves from patriarchy but that's kind of a different conversation but this video was like a really good example of that because I was watching it and I was like damn like This is just like another girl scrolling on the internet that decided to wake up and make somebody else feel awful. And I don't necessarily know if she made the influencer feel awful, but I would feel awful if I saw that. And I was thinking about myself and how I handle emotions of jealousy and insecurity. And typically I'm pretty self-aware with this and it it took a bit of work, but I think it's a good recommendation that I just want to pass along. Whenever you see a woman that you like instantly don't like and you don't have a tangible reason, first ask yourself, why don't I like her? And if you can't come up with something other than like, I don't like how she dresses, I don't like how she did this or that, like if you can't come up with something, take a step back and reflect and ask yourself, is she doing anything to harm herself, me or others? Is she being kind? And is she doing her best? And if all of those things like are like, yeah, no, she's not hurting anyone. Yeah, she's doing her best. You're probably jealous and it's okay. Jealousy is like a human emotion that I felt a million times. But whenever I find myself hating a woman for no reason, mm-hmm. I make myself understand and recognize that it is born of jealousy. And then I ask myself, instead of being like, why her and not me? I could do it so much better. I instead will say something like, well, she has something that I clearly really want, whether it's this, that or the other thing. Is there anything I can do in my life, any small shift I could make to start working toward getting that thing or attaining or achieving that goal? And I've talked about this on TikTok before and I've also um, even told Jenna about it, but I found myself feeling like not even jealous, but like envy for Jenna's podcast and like how amazing she was at like the podcast structure and the marketing and the launch of it and I was like wow she's just so amazing at this but instead of being like I hate her I love her and I look up to her and I just realized like she puts all this work into it and if I want that I can do that work too so I just think it's a good reminder because I've been seeing this discourse a lot and I just want to remind you guys to focus on the positive and try your best especially when it's with another woman to look for the good okay but now let's like get on to more fun stuff because like that was intense um I'm kind of in my core power yoga era like a lot of you guys have been recommending like different classes I went I've been to two they're definitely hard I feel like if you're newer into the Pilates like if you're new in Pilates and you've never done it before I don't know if I'd recommend it because number one it's kind of heated and number two it's like fucking hard and like I'm like really glad that I never went to those that class before doing other Pilates because I would have like actually died like I would have died would have been unwell so definitely like go to like the first level classes if you haven't done Pilates before but just be prepared um but they're really nice in there too so I feel like they'd be really welcoming to newcomers and it's like just a really good positive environment like they have these little cards that they give you on your mat that it either says like please um don't touch me or like yes you can touch me to like adjust me which I love because it's like all based in consent and it's like just makes for like really comfortable positive environment so I've been loving that I'm gonna start my marathon training in March um I'm running here or there but I'm not like feeling ready but I feel like because I've done them before I'll be okay um and yeah that's where I'm at with my workouts and all that good stuff I am also taking a fiction writing class. I just felt like flexing the muscle. The the big creative project I'm working on right now is fiction technically, but it's not like novel fiction or short stories. It's something else, which is really exciting. But I feel like just flexing my fiction writing muscle and I'm waiting for ed- the last round of edits for my book right now. So they're going to come to me by the end of February and then I have until April 1st to finish the them um and then it'll go to the copy editor and then things will get moving and then before you guys know it we're gonna have a pre-order link I will know by the end of the month when pre-order is exactly so we can start getting super duper excited and I'm really excited I know you guys are gonna be too hopefully I can start like teasing out some covers and the author photo and all that good stuff so like 
there's a lot and it's all coming up so just stay tuned for all of that um I have a couple like little pop culture things I want to talk about but beforehand um I can't believe Valentine's Day is fast approaching I want to kind of gauge your guys temperature I'm like whether or not you want a full episode on Valentine's Day. I think I did a Valentine's Day episode last year and I'm down to do another one because I feel like my feelings and thoughts like have even matured and changed a little bit more. It's my favorite holiday in the whole wide world. If you don't know, it's my grandmother's birthday. I never met her, but we share a middle name and apparently a lot of other characteristics about me I share with her. So I love Valentine's Day, um, but I wanted to gauge your guys' temperature because it's actually like fast approaching and it's the best and I wanted to just see like, would you guys be down to listen to that? Okay, the pop culture things, the pop culture moments happening in the world. You guys know that I'm a Selena Gomez super fan. Two subsets here. First and foremost, her dating the Chainsmokers guy, making out with him at a bowling alley, but there's no photo evidence. My first gut reaction was like, this is not true. This is not real. The fact that there is now proof, uh, maybe they're friends. Like, And I don't want to yuck her young. Maybe that's her type. I guess he's like kind of Justin Bieber-esque. But like, did we not learn anything? Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like her, she gravitates toward a Justin Bieber type of guy, but that's the type of guy that's like hurt her before. And like, it just wasn't right for her. I feel like she just needs to be with a nice guy. And I'm not saying the Chainsmokers guy isn't nice. I just feel like he seems like a bit like Justin Bieber, like party sort of like fuckboy energy, which is clearly what she's attracted to. But I need her to snap out of it and snap into like some like really nice guy who's just gonna like take care of her because that's what she deserves. I don't know if you guys think it's real. I don't know if there's going to be any more leads on them by the time this is out. But like, I do not know how I feel about them. Secondly, the Prince Harry book has hit shelves since we last talked. I will not be reading it. Um, That's pretty much it. I, I have kept a pretty safe distance from the royal family in terms of like knowing a lot about them. I'm 100% on Harry and Meghan's side if there are sides. Like, I think it's incredibly like, I think that having a monarchy is like, super old-fashioned I think they've been totally racist and like fucking sketchy and like they need to stop I also just wonder though like what Harry and Meghan's publicist was thinking about the rollout of this like I feel like it could have been done in a way better manner like I feel like he's become the meme of the internet and maybe honestly that's good for him because he's making his bag and like breaking records I just have heard that everything I need to know about the book and like what's inside of it I've gotten from the clickbaity um headlines also I don't really read celebrity memoirs I listen to celebrity memoir book club when I want information on a celebrity memoir unless I'm a huge fan of them or unless it's like a literary memoir so that's kind of my take on that but like the sound on TikTok about the penis like it literally makes my skin crawl makes me want to yak basically he had a frostbitten dick on the day of like Will and Kate's wedding and it's like this whole thing and I just like I literally can't (laughs) I literally can't with that noise Overall, though, like, Meghan Markle, love her to death. Like, I don't exactly know what Harry's doing right now, but, like, go off. Like, get your bag, like, and then we're going to be done. Like, I feel like there's just too much information. It's feeling oversaturated. Um, Speaking of them, Kim Kardashian bought Lady Diana's necklace, which is all over the news um, and all over the place. And listen, I feel like... I feel like people are going to have such hot takes and this. like she doesn't deserve it. I'm like, somebody was fucking selling it. Why don't you ask why someone was selling it? Like someone was selling it. So somebody super duper rich is going to buy it. And I honestly feel like it makes sense for Kim to have it. Like she has a lot of capsule pieces in her collection of jewelry and in her wardrobe in general. And like, I don't know, like this is goes back to the Maryland dress. Like who the fuck cares? Like they were selling it. Like they let her have the dress. Like They let her wear the dress. They were selling it. Cause I did like look in the comments and people were like mad. Like this is a piece of history. I'm like, you did not know this necklace existed. Like I want to have Lady Diana's necklace. Like, listen, like if if I gave it to you, you would keep it. Like, <laughs> come on. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's one of those things. So there's a lot of royal news. I don't know if you guys keep up with them. I just feel like there's so much going on here that I don't have enough time to keep up with them other than knowing I'm Team Harry and Meghan. And I think that the everyone needs to like be quiet. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. But the Celebrity Memoir Book Club episode was fucking amazing about Prince Harry. Uh, they're just like so good and they read it so fast to get it out in a timely manner. And if you're looking for like a recap of it without like really reading it and then you also get like a really astute recap because like they speak really intelligently, definitely go look at that. Okay, last but certainly not least, we need to discuss the Tarte brand trip like conversation happening on tiktok here's my thing i'm not sure that everything needs to be a conversation in 2023 like 
it seems that anything that happens to us and like I have a word to say on this and it's like okay here we go and I do agree with points that have been made like is this like a great look in terms of like the issues with inflation and joblessness and houselessness happening in our country right now like no is this like could there also be trips where brands take influencers to go volunteer yes there should be I've been on one with free people like there should 1000% be trips like that um and like is this excess like yes like all the comments being made like are factual for the for the most part that I've seen I just like don't really know like what what the point is of like making the commentary now tart has been going on these trips for years since like 2016 and spending this much money they're a female-run company in business i've seen people saying they're not going to buy for them anymore i'm like they've been doing this though this is just like getting so much airtime now because of the influencers that they brought and like because dubai sounds like really really extravagant but i'm pretty sure they've taken influencers to bora bora before just feels like a little bit of yucking yum like i do think it's a conversation worth having but i don't think it needs to be like just about tart just about now like these influencers brand trips happen like they're incredibly expensive and like maybe there should be a conversation about like I saw someone make a video saying that it would be really nice to see each influencer gets to bring one of their followers. So like, quote, regular people, unquote, get to have the experience. I think that's an amazing idea. Like I'm currently I don't want to like say that I want to like that I'm doing this 100 percent, but I'm currently thinking that I'm going to get two resale tickets to Taylor Swift concert and bring one of my followers with me for free. Like I want to do stuff like that. I think that's a really good idea. And I think that's such a valid point. Like those should be considerations that are made. And like there should be more trips where influencers are taken to volunteer like what free people does. Like I've done it with them twice. Like they're fucking amazing. But I think like at the same time, firstly, a lot of influencers aren't going to go to those. And secondly, a lot of influencers aren't going to post at the same volume. So I feel like from a marketing perspective, like regardless of the fact that you don't support what they're doing, like you're talking about them. So I just think it's interesting that like now it's being brought up and like I've seen people go to like such extremes being like this is disturbing and horrific and like, oh my God, like gauge my eyes out. I'm like, there are actual real world problems that are disturbing and horrific and maybe this isn't helping any of them, but it's not like harming any of them per se like directly I just think it's a more nuanced conversation about like excess and like being in touch with reality in general and not necessarily like I don't know this specific trip I don't know if this is a total hot take like I'm curious to hear what you guys think I just think it's interesting that like this trip has spurred this conversation and quote controversy unquote when they've been doing this forever and so many brands have and like it can leave a bad taste in your mouth given the time like that's totally okay if that's how you feel I just don't understand like the severity of it happening now and I think that it's really nuanced and a lot of the takes and like options people have given and ideas are amazing like I just said but I do also think like but I don't know I think it's like a nuanced convo and it's taking up my for you page and I'm really done with it I'm like I don't want to see anything like I want to enjoy the content from Monet my girl my favorite tiktoker about her in Dubai with her mother and then I don't want to hear anyone giving any commentary anymore like sometimes it feels like my whole for you page is commentary which a lot of times that's really important and amazing but a lot of times it just feels like people like talking into the air and I'm not saying I agree or disagree with any of the commentary. I'm just saying the commentary is my entire for you page. I'm like, girl, let me just see Monet like popping off and enjoying herself. Like, I gotta see my girl. Y'all, like, we gotta calm down. I, like, don't disagree with a lot of the comments being made. But I also, like, don't agree with it attacking them and, like, some of the extents that we're going to. Because if we're gonna have this combo, we really gotta have it about, like, all brands. Maybe, like, the industry in general and how they toss money around or like I don't know I would love to know about like marketing budgets like I don't know about them like that would be really interesting like if anyone is like a marketing queen over here like come hit us up maybe you can I would love for you to come on the podcast and talk to us about marketing and the influencer marketing industry I actually do have some upcoming guests that are going to talk to us about like marketing and influencer marketing and all that good stuff so I'm actually excited so like maybe we have that but like the more the merrier if you're an expert in your field like fucking use my email like hit me up and be like girl I know a lot about this like I would love to come on the podcast and teach the people because listen we need you like we don't know everything we actually don't know anything and we would love to have you um and we being me party of one always for the most part anyway guys I think we should get into today's topic because I'm really excited to talk about it 
whenever I do an episode that has any sort of advice, I want to give you guys two things. One, a full disclosure that I'm not a therapist, a trained professional, a doctor, any of that. When I give advice and people always say like, like haters will come into my DMs and be like, what gives you the agency to give advice? And I'm like, I always say that I'm not a professional. I did not ask to give advice. It fell into my lap. People came to me for it, which I'm beyond grateful for. And what, how I look at advice is I look at myself as like, your friend who you FaceTime when you need advice like what what gives your friend agency to give you advice well you trust her and you believe she has an opinion that you want to hear and I'm really lucky that so many people trust me and believe that I have an opinion that they want to hear so I want to be really like upfront that I'm not a professional in any way and that I'm just coming at this as like a girl that you're on FaceTime with that has an unbiased perspective on you and your situations when I'm giving you guys personal advice secondly my experience that I'm bringing into this I had a 10 month long relationship um that was like my most serious boyfriend um I was very very like fast and furious and serious and talking about forever and the whole thing I had a three month long relationship that was then on again off again for two years that was like my big traumatic relationship and then I had another five month long relationship with someone older so it did move pretty fast and then the one I'm currently in which I've just now been in for the last two years so that's where I'm coming out with all of this and I'm excited to talk about it because I love talking about relationships. I feel like I have relationship experience and I don't know, there was so, so, so many questions that I feel like this has to be a two-part episode because I did not, I can't talk about all the questions. There's just not enough. Um, but I'm so glad that you guys are excited about this because I'm excited about this and I love to talk about it. I also wanted to point you if you have just started listening to the podcast and you want sort of an expert perspective, the director of relationship science at Hinge, Logan Yuri, was a guest on the podcast. She's fucking phenomenal. She gave the most amazing advice. She's like studied psychology like she's an expert. So if you want expert advice, go there. Okay, let's start. So I feel like relationships we start our relationships and they're like early on they're new and they're like in a bubble right that's the honeymoon phase I like metaphors you guys know this but like your relationship for the first six to eight months even sometimes the first year it lives in a bubble that's the honeymoon phase like imagine if you got to stay home all day safe and sound and have everything you needed for like six months like I brought you everything you needed into your house you're safe sound comfortable you're enjoying it everything's so nice and pretty and like your life is perfect like imagine that right like this is you you have not been outside in six to eight months like but you're not upset you don't want to go outside you're not going stir crazy like you're living it up right imagine one day I opened the door grabbed you blindfolded you and dropped your ass in the middle of Times Square you would literally be like what the fuck there would be so much like noise pollution and sound you would freak out you would be like oh my god and I think that's the perfect metaphor for explaining what it's like when the honeymoon phase ends it's like you guys are in a bubble this bubble cannot be popped it cannot be broken like you're going through the world and like you're just stumbling along and you're so like in honeymoon and happiness that you're not even noticing the world around you which is great it happens to all of us it's a beautiful fucking time and I do believe that there are resurgences of honeymoon phase and then all of a sudden imagine if I took a big ass fucking pin and just popped the bubble all of a sudden you're in the real world and it's like holy shit like we're doing this now we have to face all these challenges and real life problems and real shit that maybe we weren't facing at the volume before because we were in our honeymoon phase and I think this is like when you withstand the test and you see like, can our relationship last in the real world? And if it can't, that does not make it inferior. That does not make the love that you shared any lesser. I think it just means that your relationship would have thrived if you could have existed in a bubble forever. I feel that way about my one ex-boyfriend. Um, he, his pseudonym in the book is, um, it's currently Nate and it might get changed, but this person, Nate, like if we could have lived in a bubble forever, it would have been the greatest love of my life. Like we had the most amazing times together. Like we were like in the bubble. We were in love when the bubble broke. We weren't. We couldn't. It wasn't strong enough. And it broke my heart. It was really fucking hard to go through that because I was like, why can't we just stay in the bubble like we were perfect in the bubble. But it's like the bubble isn't life. The bubble is like a fun time of like memories and you can recreate the feeling inside the bubble once you build the foundation in the real world but the bubble is not going to translate well into the universe once once it's popped and I think that's what happened to us like in the bubble we were thriving out of it we could not stand on, on the legs that our relationship built and it was sad but it doesn't make the love that we shared lesser or the experience of being together any less um 
I think that we need to be a little more honest with ourselves when we're thinking about relationships because, and Logan Yuri and I talked about this in her episode, you know, we see in pop culture, in media, on social media, relationships that look troubleless because nobody is going to post online themselves fighting with their partner. No, no movie is just going to be about how much two people are fighting or working through some mundane challenge because nobody wants to watch that. Do you know what I mean? And I wish we did because I think it would help us make things feel more realistic. But basically, like, I think that these things give us a false perception of what a relationship is supposed to look like and we start beating ourselves up when relationships are hard work Um, and I don't think that they should be hard work every single day. I think that's when you know that there's something wrong but I think for the most part you're going to have to work. Relationships and life are fucking hard and if we work on our relationships then they will work and then we won't have to be putting in that work every single day. Um, Think about if you were building the foundation of a house, like it's going to be difficult. Like that's not easy. Even if you're like a a, like construction man with a hard hat and you know how to do it, like it's still hard work. Like you're still going to break a sweat. You know what I mean? And I think we have to think about like everything in those metaphors. And we sometimes panic when we get out of the honeymoon phase and it isn't like super duper easy, but it's also not like groundbreakingly difficult because I think when we get into the groundbreakingly difficult territory, that's when we start to reconsider. We start to panic because we're like, well, everybody else online has their happy ending and all movies are perfect and love is perfect. And I'm like, no, this work is so normal. And I think we need to understand the threshold of it. Like, cause I'm not saying like, oh, if your relationship is so hard and difficult, like slay, that's a good, healthy relationship. It should not be difficult and hard. It just needs to sometimes be work and energy and time. And like when you water those seeds, it sprouts and grows. It's the same thing as like if you build a great foundation, then you're fucking good. Think about Marin Morris. When the bones are good, the rest don't matter. When the bones, when the bones are good, the rest don't matter. The pain could peel the glass could shatter like it fucking could the paint could peel you gotta put a new paint job but the bones are good baby you know what I mean like you're building those bones when you get out of the honeymoon phase and it and it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough I also think there's a really frustrating thing that we sometimes face when we are in love with someone and it's not enough and then we start feeling like we've been lied to our whole lives because everyone tells us like love is the answer to life love is what makes the world go round like love is everything every song ever it's all about love 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 and I do believe that love is like it does make the world go round it is so important like I'm a helpless romantic I'm a cancer you can't you can't blame me but I think we need to remember that love is not enough to sustain a romantic relationship and we are fed that it is a lot in all pop culture and mediums of whatever else and pop medium movies television shows we're a lot of times fed that love is enough to sustain a relationship I would say love is everything but I would say it's not enough to sustain a relationship a relationship is like it's like a potion and there's a lot of different things that go into it and I think we have to just be okay with accepting that one of my other relationships ended because love wasn't enough I walked away from him being in love with him and it was like one of the hardest things I ever had to do I broke up with him being still in love with him because I had to come to terms with the fact that what I always thought was true that love was everything that love was not going to be enough and again I don't want to sound depressing at all I honestly don't I want to sound like the opposite I want to tell you that if you've had that experience you're so fucking valid and I see you because I've been there but also that love is only a a piece of the equation and there's going to be other parts and in media and pop culture we don't get to see those other parts so think about the the bubble, right? The honeymoon phase bubble. In the bubble, you're developing like sexual intimacy and chemistry and romance and maybe you're developing love. I would say a lot of people fall in love in the honeymoon stage. So when you come out of the honeymoon stage, what you have is your foundation of love. But now you got to build a foundation that can sustain a house. When the bones are good, the rest don't matter, right? And I think it's a bit of an equation. Like love is really the baseline. Like When we're deciding to commit to someone monogamously and say like, you are my person, I'm going to date you, I want to be with you, I want to build a house with you. Like if you're all in to build a fucking house with somebody, love is there, right? Like there is love there. Like you're not saying like, hey, let's build a house together if you don't love them, right? You're building the house because love is the baseline. Love is why we do it. Love is why we go through it. Love is why we risk heartbreak, pain, all of it, right? Like love is what we have as a foundation. It's probably like honestly 20 25 percent love and 25 percent intimacy and the other 50 percent is like all these other things like trust and honesty and all of this other stuff the work that we're putting in to build a healthy relationship I feel like 
I want to make sure I'm not coming off as saying like that relationships are this like laborious like terrible hard thing like they should not be hard they just require work and when you work they work and then it works and like you've built a house and you're living in it and like you might have to touch up the paint sometimes you might have a problem with the gas the electricity but the house isn't crumbling because the bones are good you know so the rest don't matter right also remember that every single relationship that you've ever looked up to that you've ever seen is like godlike that you've ever watched online and been like oh there has been work right behind the scenes like they're not having that lovey-dovey moment that motif without the work i think i want to make it abundantly clear i said this in my episode with jenna but like i have not like it has not been sunshine and daisies for us the whole time i think now i feel really confident about speaking on serious relationships because we've gotten to a place where like the work has paid off so much that we're just like in i feel like we're in the bubble but in the real world like we're in a second honeymoon stage that came because we worked for it and i'm so fucking happy we did like the bones are good like the bones are fucking good the rest don't matter like sometimes there's going to be some a new coat of paint or something that we need to add on but we're working on it together and we'll be able to talk that out because we have built this house with such a strong foundation but a lot of times people go through what i went through when they either have to end something with someone because love wasn't enough or someone ends it with them because love wasn't enough or they don't make it past the honeymoon stage and they're beating up on themselves and they're like, but that person felt like my soulmate. That person felt like the love of my life. I'm going to hit you with some tough love right now, but I think you're going to like it. It's another metaphor. I believe, I do not believe that we have one soulmate. I don't think it makes sense. I know plenty of people whose spouses have passed away, whose love of their lives have has something happened to them and they've ended up getting remarried to somebody else and the love they had for the first person doesn't go anywhere it's just they found another soulmate another life partner so what i think is the truth and like bear with me i think everybody is born with like let's just say it's a hundred a hundred different potential soulmates life partners wandering the earth that they could meet and fall in love with some of us get to meet and fall in love with a handful of our potentials and the choices we make or the choices they make or you know the forces of life and our free will and everything makes them not the person that we spend the rest of our lives with makes them not the last one um timing whatever it is you know but we still get to meet a handful of them i feel like i've met like four of mine which i feel so fucking lucky about my grandparents they've only dated each other so they've only met one and they just got lucky the timing worked out everything like they were in the right place at the right time to be together with each other like and that's that do you know what i mean so like i really think if you think about a hundred people and you have the chance to meet as many or as few as them as possible just depending on free will choices like we come into the world with a rough draft we're working on our final draft the whole time we're here think about it like coats you might buy a winter coat when you're like 18 years old and have it for the rest of your life like it's fucking old reliable and you love it and it's everything to you and you don't need another one and then that's just your winter coat you might get a winter coat when you're 18 and you love it and that winter coat is a significant other obviously in this metaphor and you love that winter coat and you want to be with it forever but then you lose it or it starts falling apart or maybe it doesn't fit you anymore or maybe it doesn't feel the same or maybe you just don't like it anymore or like an above many things can happen maybe someone steals it like you don't know and you're going to go back to the store to find another winter coat because you're gonna need one because you're gonna be chilly in the winter and you're gonna find one and it's gonna be different it might look similar Um, we all have a type but it's gonna be a different coat you know what I mean and that coat is going to serve you equally as well for whatever period of time that you want it to that it serves you that it wants to be around you know what I mean I just think we have to stop looking at it as one person for us and as infinite opportunities to meet the people that we could be matches with for life partners and then at one point someone's gonna be the last and you don't even need to get married like I don't even fully think like everybody wants to or should or needs to get married like I'm not even talking about that like I'm just talking like someone is going to be the one that you end it all with or the last one you know and nothing is going to work out until that does and I think you just have to keep that faith because otherwise if we don't have hope what do we have you know what I mean I always think about that we don't have hope what the fuck do we have we're wallowing we're on a spinning rock we've got to have hope hold out hope don't think that just because something ended with one person who you thought was your soulmate, you can't find anybody else. That was a soulmate. That was a potential life partner. That was a love of your life. But there are others. I truly believe that. And I believe that because I think a really good example is my great uncle. My great aunt died of cancer and they were just like the most in love ever. Like I've never seen two people so in love. And he was devastated when she died. They never had kids. 
And when she died, he was devastated. He's like 70 now, but he di- she died when he was 60. And he went to grief counseling um, to like a grief circle about a year into her, into losing her. And he met this woman there who had also lost her spouse and they fell in love and they lived together and she's the second love of his life and it's fucking beautiful and if there weren't infinite amount of soulmates for us out there that something like that wouldn't be possible so I feel like you have to believe in stories like that you have to believe in hope because there is somebody for you somebody else multiple many's of people many people infinite infinite numbers of people okay moving on from like my initial thoughts I asked you guys what you wanted me to talk about and I chose some topics of conversation. So kind of going along with this, one of you said how to move on when you still love each other. And I think, you know, it, it makes it a lot more difficult because as human beings, we like to have something tangible to blame. And when I broke up with my ex um, and it was like everything except for love, it was really hard to not make excuses as to why I would go back because I'm like, but there's love. And like, I was always told that was everything. I was always told that fueled everything. But I think as I matured, I just realized like it was not going to be enough to sustain us. And I think getting over that breakup was the hardest thing I ever had to do because the love still lasted. I think something that's really healthy is going cold turkey with someone like that because otherwise you're just going to find excuses to gravitate back together. Blocking, muting, unfollowing, unfriending, all of that stuff. Because the reason that you broke up is not going to miraculously fix itself. The reasons that it wasn't working like are clearly pretty large if you guys did love each other and if love wasn't the problem i think that you have to give yourself grace and be really kind to yourself during this time because it's going to be hard it's going to hurt but you are going to heal and if you ever get into one of those things where you're like i kind of want to go back to this person like love we loved each other that is a true fact that you loved each other but i want you to remember the other facts too the facts that made the relationship not work write out all the facts of the situation and then write out how you feel about them another thing that i did a lot when i was going through that breakup is once i felt like like primarily healed like the first phase of healing was over whenever a thought of him came into my mind a toxic and negative thought about going back or a thought about he must have changed for his ex or or his new girlfriend or blah 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 whenever I had those feelings I would always replace those thoughts with a positive thought and eventually I stopped thinking about him in those ways because my brain just started to prefer the, the positive thoughts and focus on those over the negative ones I also think you should remember that human beings do not change unless they want to. They cannot change just for somebody else and they won't. Um, I think I had a big problem with thinking that my ex had changed for the girlfriend after him because they made it look that way on social media that I was stalking, which don't do that. And then I had this come to Jesus moment when I talked to her after him and her broke up and realized that the problems that were happening in my relationship were happening in hers twofold. Um, that he had not changed and that what was going to happen is that he was eventually going to meet somebody that was okay with the things that her and I weren't okay with Um, or maybe they weren't okay with it and they ended up being with him anyway and just ignored them I don't know but what I'm saying is like when someone doesn't think that what they're doing is wrong when there's a reason for your breakup that's like somebody won't change something about themselves they're not going to change just for somebody else they can't human beings cannot change for other people they have to change because they want to i think that's just a helpful reminder and also do not look at your ex's new partners instagram visco venmo it's just a recipe for making yourself sad and that's how i feel i'm kind of just gonna hop around because i feel like that's a bit easier um how far is too far to plan a trip in advance? Um, I think baseline, if you've been together for a year, you can plan a trip six months out. So like half the time you've been together, if you've been together for two years, a year out. Um, and I think this is going to be a hot take, but always buy trip insurance. Like the only person that I wouldn't fucking buy trip insurance for is Allie because I know that like nothing's ever coming between us. You just never, you truly never know. And like, I think we need to get over ourselves a little bit because the amount of times in my young adult life and like teenage life that I was like, he's the one I'm so in love with him. Like I I will never be with anybody else. That was fucking false. Like I was going insane. That was false. Um, if I had booked a trip with any of those exes a year out, thinking in my brain we're gonna be together forever so it's fine like they they, I would have not gotten my money back we all broke up after like that time um so I would say half of the time that you've been together you can plan the trip but always fucking buy trip insurance do not and if your partner has a problem with that I think you should just say like anything could happen I'm buying it also if we get sick if 
you know, something comes in the way, you never fucking know. Buy trip insurance. You don't want to eat this. You don't want to eat it. It's not about us. It's really not. But it kind of is. Um, always buy trip insurance. But I've told this story before, but I just want to reiterate it because I think it's a really good one. Um, about a week into dating my boyfriend, Allie invited us to Chicago and she just texted me about it and said a couple of our other friends were coming in with their boyfriends from college and it was kind of going to be like a girls and like boyfriends trip. Um, and I was like, I'm really unsure about asking him. I'm really nervous. I feel like it's too soon. And Allie was like, okay, think about it. Like you're asking him to fly an hour. Um, I said I would pay for the flights. Um, you're asking him to fly an hour to meet your best friend and hang out for the weekend with your college friends. Like if he's finds that weird is that the person you want to be with like you're such like a wanderlust like spontaneous fun flirty person like wouldn't you say yes if he asked you to something like that and I was like absolutely and I wouldn't find it weird and she was like so isn't this a good way to find out what kind of person he is like don't you want to be with someone who just says yes and I'm like yeah you're so right it was such good advice and he ended up coming and it was great so I think like you have to kind of think like that as well like wouldn't you want to be with somebody that wants to take those chances for you like that wants to book the trip but also wants to be smart and buy flight insurance I can't express I cannot like buy it you need flight insurance I don't even care if you're married flight I'm buying flight insurance I I'll never go on a trip with a man and not buy flight insurance in my life okay I really like this one sex drives aligning so I think when you start dating someone you should talk about how you view sex because personally I am a very sexual person I like to have sex sex is something that's really important to me and I like to have like a good amount of sex and I don't think I would align in values with someone that was like waiting till marriage and I completely respect somebody that's waiting till marriage or doesn't want to have sex or doesn't like sex as much but it's the same thing as like if it's really fucking important to me that my partner likes theater and they hate it we probably don't align it's important to me that my partner views sex in a similar way to me. It doesn't need to be the same, but similar. And crazier things have happened. I'm talking from personal experience. I just think in the same way that someone was waiting till marriage probably wouldn't like my free spirit about sex. Maybe I don't relate to their, you know, more conservative view around sex. And that's fine. That's the way the world works. We're allowed to have different different views. But with something like that, maybe we should be looking for people who have similar views. Now, if you guys are have a similar view on sex but your sex drives just don't align for whatever reason I think the communication is really key here and talking about how how often you want to have sex especially after the honeymoon phase when it becomes like I don't want to say a chore but something that you need to think about a little bit more because you're not just like trying to rip each other's clothes off all the time planning sex is not weird I think it's really normal in long-term relationships to be like oh we should have sex like after dinner just like you're thinking about it you're getting yourself in the mood like you're no you know you guys are gonna have sex that night talking about like I want to have sex on date night or like hey we haven't had sex in a while is everything okay I just think it's important to keep the communication line open and at first it's going to be awkward because things like that always are but eventually you're going to get to a place where like you're just really comfortable being like hey we haven't had sex in like two weeks we usually have it a couple times a week what's good you know eventually you're going to get to that place where it doesn't seem awkward anymore to talk about it and it's more comfortable It's going to be awkward at first, but I promise you talking about sex with your partner makes your sex life so much healthier and avoiding the conversation is, you know, just going to perpetuate future problems. And if you ever want to try something in the bedroom, but you're too embarrassed to ask, just blame it on me. Say that you heard it on a podcast and I'm totally okay. if you literally want to use my name, I promise you. They are not going to think it's awkward. If they're the right person for you, they're going to want you to experience pleasure. They're going to want you to be comfortable. They're going to want you to feel safe and they're going to prioritize that. Okay, when to have the religion slash politics slash kids slash lifestyle chat. I don't want to say like right away, like first date, but I really think as early as possible or as soon as possible and find a way to bring it up without having yourself be involved, if that makes sense. Like, You don't need to be like, what religion do you want to relate, raise your children in if we were to stay together? Like, what, how do you feel politically? Like, do you want kids? But you can find a way to casually like bring up religious holidays and see if they celebrate them and see if they mention like, oh, like if you ever had a child in your life, like, would you want to, you know, celebrate those holidays with them? Like, how would you want to raise them? Like, finding more casual ways like find out if they have a kid in their life if they mention a nephew a niece babysitting something oh do you see yourself having kids one day like find a way to say something about something going on in the news that's like 
topical and see how they react to it and how they feel um I think politics is a bit easier to just come out and be like yeah so how do you lean that way like it's at this point like you gotta get out if you don't want to date somebody that has different political opinions than you um but for the kids and the religion thing and like lifestyles in general like drinking or drugs or whatever it is I think it's better to ease into those things and ask questions in a way that you're not involved um or if they mention like oh, like, my my sister's having a baby. Like, oh, my God, that's so exciting. Like, when does she do? Congratulations, blah, blah, blah. And then saying something like, um, do you see yourself having a kid? Like, kind of pepper it in really naturally. And I think those things and those conversations can happen super duper early on. Because, honestly, you would much rather know, like, on the second date than on the 12th. Because if you do not want kids at all and they really want them, that probably isn't going to work and then you're going to be invested and then it's going to be harder to walk away whereas if this is a basic stranger and you find out that having kids is like the pinnacle of their life and like totally respect that if you don't want them like you know what I mean and just like bringing it up early and then also in long-term relationships just keeping the conversation open like I think it's really important to be constantly talking about the way our feelings our opinions are shifting the way we're changing the things that we feel the things that we want because we're allowed to change our minds and it's so important that we do and it's also so important that we communicate to our partners when we've changed our minds as well and just keep that line of communication open. Okay, so how to break anxious attachment style. I definitely have anxious attachment style. I think something that's been really important for me in my relationship is my therapist and going to therapy because I have relationship trauma from past relationships. It is not fair to project all of it onto my boyfriend. But it is fair that he knows about it. He knows how to handle it. He knows the things that he can do to help me not feel anxious, to help me feel really comfortable and comforted, and that I have somebody else that I'm going to to get the help that I need because it's more professional help that I need and he cannot be burdened with like dealing with that at 100%. And I think that that's also really similar to what we should do when your significant other is going through something or struggling. Like your job is to be there for them, to give them advice, to have them lean on you but your job is not to fix whatever is going on and if you try to they're going to end up presenting you you're going to end up presenting them like professional help in relationships having professional help having a therapist going to couples therapy if you need it whatever it is is so fucking important and I also think we should remember that sometimes one person in a relationship is going to be taking on more of the role of like the caretaker and sometimes someone's going to be going through something and that's okay as long as that's not how it always is do you know what I mean like sometimes like you know I am going through something and I just need a little bit more support than normal and I'm not able to give as much support as I normally do and sometimes he is going through things and vice versa but I cannot express enough how much therapy has helped me to like be healthier in my own relationship because I'm not using him as a therapist and I'm also not expecting that he understand all the trauma that I have from the past relationships but I can guide him in a really healthy way as to how he can best help support me when I'm going through these kinds of things okay another big topic a lot of people asked about is I don't know if I see someone long term I how should I know I'm meant to be with someone I think this is pretty similar to our concept of like love being enough that we, you know, don't really see the other side of it in media and pop culture. We also don't see the side in media, pop culture of people like figuring out if they want to be with someone. We just see like this concept of love at first sight and I knew and when you know and all of these things. I think it's so unrealistic to know 100% that you want to spend the rest of your life with someone. Like imagine your life in 12 years. Like, imagine your life 12 years ago. Like, you do not know what's going to happen. We do not know which way the wind blows. Like, I prefer to know that, like, I want to be with my boyfriend tomorrow and next week and next month. But, like, I hope for a future for us together. That's something that we're working on and, like, building toward. But, like, we actually don't know. And it's okay not to know. I think if you, like, have a feeling that you don't see yourself being with this someone or like it's on the other side where like it's not like oh I'm not sure but it's more like I'm pretty sure it's a no or like I'm pretty sure I don't see us together that is when you need to like set that person free and set yourself free and have a conversation but if you just are like I don't know if I want to spend the rest of my life with you that's really normal because do you want to spend the rest of your life with your current job did you know 12 years ago what your life would be like today like no it's so normal to not know I think that if you're like unsure and then you guys start having conversations about like moving in together and getting engaged and you don't feel confident about that you're having those conversations and you're like 
yeah, this is, I feel weird about it. Go with your gut. There's science behind gut instincts. And so in terms of the conversation of like, when should you know by, I think if your relationship is progressing in a natural way, progressing toward engagement, and then conversations start happening about getting engaged, start happening about moving in together, start happening about weddings and planning and kids and all those things and you're like whoa like what the fuck like I do think there's a world in which you can say like I want to take it a little bit more slow but if you're like so wow like I did not realize that I would feel this way when these conversations came up and like your gut is like no 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 I think that's when you have to go with your gut there is science behind gut instincts write out the facts of the situation and then decide how you feel about it but ultimately I think we need to normalize like taking things slower and not knowing for sure like I used to be the person that was like, I know I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this person. And then we would break up two months later and I'm so glad we broke up. So now I don't, I try to go in with like a different mindset of more like hope and planning for the future and taking things one day at a time and feeling really confident about it and keeping lines of communication open. And then like when those conversations start happening about more serious things, I feel like I'll feel comfortable with them. But there's also a world in which I don't. And that's also okay. I just think we need to be taking it more one step at a time and if you're a year in with someone you don't need to be thinking about a life with them especially if I I don't know like most of my listeners are young like we're young and we have time and I think it's just about taking things a bit more slow and checking in with yourself and asking yourself questions like how do I feel how would I feel about getting engaged how do I feel about having kids like really remember to intentionally ask yourself questions because so often we're trying to read other people's minds and we forget to like even look into our own like there are more answers there than you think And you should trust yourself because I know that you know what's best for you. Going along with this directly, talking about having doubts in general and wondering, like, is the grass greener? I have talked about this with my partner and my friends. It is very normal to wonder, is the grass greener? Like, when you're in a relationship, you're going to see your single friends do something and you're going to be like, is the grass greener? And maybe that's not doubts necessarily. I think it's two separate things. I think it's super normal to have those, like, is the grass greener thoughts and then pull back and realize, like, The grass is a different shade of green, but you're really happy on the plot of grass that you're on and you don't necessarily want to give up your plot to go to another one. Like that is a normal human behavior. I feel like we villainize those thoughts so much. We all have them. Let's fucking normalize it, okay? And when you're single, you're having the same thoughts. Do you know what I mean? Even if you're happily single. Um, Having doubts, I think, is a bit different. And if you start having doubts and they stick in your mind for a month, and they're not going away, I think you need to start unpacking those with friends, in therapy, journaling it out, writing down the facts, because if the doubts come and they stick around, I think you know what you have to do. My dad always says that if the doubts come into your brain and they're not like brief and you can't talk yourself out of them, I think you know that the time is maybe running running out or has. I think having doubts is a bit different than wondering is the grass greener. I think that grass greener situation is a human thing and doubts is also a human thing, but it's doubts is more severe. Doubts we have to start looking at like, okay, well, do I want to be with this person? Is that a deal breaker? Is that a pet peeve? Is this something that's going to go away? Can I work through this? Should I talk about this with my partner? Having all of those conversations with yourself, with your therapist, with your friends, whoever it is. That being said, on the topic of complaining about your partner to other people in your life, obviously we all need an outlet, but I would recommend being careful because if you're telling your friends a one-sided story about your partner every now and again or complaining about them, they're going to have this idea of that person in their mind that's only your stories only and only your complaints and not the other parts of that person that you see that you love and it might make them start to dislike them or resent them or just like altogether not like them so I think like talking to someone like a parent someone that has a bit more of an objective point of view who isn't going to like fiercely side with you or like choose to ignore the good parts or like not even hear about the good parts because you're only saying the bad things I just think it's something to be careful about that's another reason why I think therapy is great because if you're just having like a little tiff with your partner or something happens and you want to complain about it and you go do it to a friend that is going to stick in their mind over anything good that you tell them but with a therapist like it's a therapist you know what I mean and I I try not to complain about my relationship ever I mean I don't have many complaints but anytime something comes up I'll literally talk about it in therapy or like with a friend that I know has a really good Um, reference point for my boyfriend and and sees him as a whole and not just as my side of it um, and knows him pretty well and I'm not talking about like your partner is abusing you and you go complain about it like yeah your friend should 100% take your side and help you get out of that situation 
I'm more so saying like they do something to annoy you and you keep bringing up all these things that annoys you because people are going to annoy us and that's just how it goes and we kind of neglect to talk about the good parts and then they start hating your partner it's normal to have fights to have tiffs to have a little banter to complain about each other every now and again but it's it can be hard to talk that all out with someone and then not have them see only one side if that makes sense okay a couple more are humans built for monogamy i think esther perel does the best job of speaking on this i don't remember what podcast she was on it might have been girls gotta eat where she spoke about how human be how like society was not built for monogamy how like we created the concept of monogamy how like humans were not like we're not like created to be monogamous beings like in our most animalistic form like we were not meant to be monogamous like when we created society we created monogamy monogamy goes along with society especially heteronormative society and now we have monogamy and we have these structures set up and it's not actually natural for us um it's really interesting i don't know like i i don't think that human beings were built for monogamy i i am a monogamist person but i always wonder like if we weren't raised in a heteronormative society how many of us would feel way more comfortable in our sexuality and sexual orientation if we weren't um raised in a monogamous society how many of us would not be monogamists like so many of us so like in the current society that i was raised in i'm most comfortable with monogamy i don't feel comfortable in any polygamous situations and i know a lot of people do and that's amazing for them and i'm like really glad that people do feel comfortable and confident exploring that and that's what they want for me it's not what i want but i also don't think it's normal um in general i don't think it's natural it's now normal but not natural i think esther perel speaks the best on it she's really really fucking smart and i would recommend listening to her talk about it but i think it's just an interesting touch point um when we think about cheating Um, And I'm not making excuses for cheating or cheaters at all. I do have like some nuanced opinions on cheating. I don't believe in once a cheater, always a cheater, unless someone's a serial cheater or they've been like seriously emotionally and physically cheating on several partners or a partner for a long period of time. I believe more in if you cheat on someone and you immediately tell them and there was alcohol involved and they were a stranger and it was not premeditated, I think that you can come back for that from that. And I think that um, somebody that does that to you could also come back from that. But if you're not willing to ever trust them again, that's also your choice and that's also entirely valid. I just don't entirely believe in once a cheater, always a cheater, unless it's premeditated cheating, serial cheating, constant cheating, emotional cheating, all of that. But if it's like a one-time thing that randomly happens and it was a mistake and there's remorse and guilt and then there's the person wants to fix it because they want to fix it and they want to fix themselves and they want to fix what happened I think that's different um so that's how I feel about all that but it's really you have to listen to Esther Perel speak on it because I never even considered the fact that monogamy wasn't a natural thing until I listened to her speak on it and like the evolutionary side of it um and now it's normal but it definitely isn't natural for us and I think that's so so interesting There are a lot of questions about, um, like, what are your thoughts on not living together before marriage or living together before marriage? What are your thoughts on moving in together and when you should and all that? My thoughts are every single person is an individual in the whole world and every single couple is then an individual couple because no two people are alike and no no pairing is ever going to be alike. And because of that, we're all on our own timeline. And this is another bullshit thing society feeds us and the media feeds us is that there's some sort of a timeline about how you should do things. For me personally, I would like to live with my partner before we're engaged and a lot of people don't feel that way. Um, there's like data that has come out that like 80% more likely to like break up if you live together before you're engaged but I feel like that data is based on um other generations and not ours our generation's a lot different first of all we're living in a time where it's incredibly expensive to housing prices and living prices are fucking crazy and that's not a reason to move in with someone but it's definitely like an attractive thing if you're considering moving in with someone that's obviously something that you're thinking about um so I think a lot more people are moving in with their partners before I also just think that we have we're getting married later and so it's a nice step um to take um and this is just a preference like this is something I want but like my mom didn't live with my dad before they got married like you know everyone's different so whatever you want to do is what I think you should do and for me I just personally want to live with my partner before we get engaged for like a year or two years but that's me and everybody's on a different timeline and I'm currently like really in my bag with my career and trying to like 
make that my main priority. And so everything that happens with my partner is obviously incredibly important to me, but I'm not thinking about it as much as I'm thinking about my career right now. And I feel like that's something that's my priority. That's how I'm feeling. A lot of people are like ready to get married and they're ready to, you know, get engaged and they don't want to live with their significant other until they're married. And that's also so valid. I feel like whatever you want to do, whatever is working for you is what you should do. Okay. Those were a lot of thoughts. I'm hoping that you guys can like message me and tell me you listened to this and how you felt about certain things um and we can just open more conversations up because that's what I'm trying to do here like nothing I say is written in ink it's just how I feel in this moment in time about these kinds of things um and I really am curious to hear what you guys think about these kinds of things I think there's going to be a part two because there's tons more questions that I have and I had no idea that people wanted me to talk about this at this volume but I'm excited to talk more about it I'm excited to take your questions and comments and thoughts about the things I've said and I think you just need to remember a few things one we live in a heteronormative monogamous society that looks um at anything other than heteronormative monogamous relationships as the other and if you're existing in the other you're equally as valid you're fucking awesome and you deserve every good thing that is going to come to you um and also that Rome wasn't built in a day and so your relationship's not going to be built in a day remember like when the bones are good the rest don't matter like and like let's focus on the bones like you're going to find the person that wants to build the house that's going to stand up through every storm And when the paint chips, you're going to put a fresh coat of paint over it. And when you want to do a little renovation, you're going to do a renovation. You're going to do it together. And like I said, hope is what we have. So let's hold on to that. Everyone go stream The Bones by Maren Morris. No, this isn't sponsored by her, but I would love if it was. She's fucking genius. I fucking love her. Anyway, guys, I hope you're having a wonderful, amazing, gorgeous, stunning, beautiful Friday. I hope your weekend is equally as amazing. I've got nothing major on the the docket. I am. I just want to let everybody know I am rooting for the Giants um so that's me um yeah like I'm I'm rooting for the fucking Giants so go Giants um if you don't like the Giants you're boring and that's it love you guys so much um you're actually not boring I don't care about football that much I actually listened to Emily Ratajkowski's podcast about NFL today and all of a sudden I was like up in arms like the the woman could convince me of almost anything that's one thing about her um that's actually not true I am my own individual I think I'm rambling I have to go do my makeup I'm going out to dinner at Fogo de Chao very excited never been there hope I pronounced that right I will be sharing updates but I love you guys I really fucking do and thank you if I don't say it enough for giving me a space to talk to you and open up dialogues about things that are important to me and make you feel less alone and heard or make you feel like you hate me and you want to talk about why you don't agree wherever you're at you're awesome you're fucking rocking it I love you stay cool And I will see you next week. Bye.